The We Think Collective podcast is brought to you in part by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial membership at audibletrial.com forward slash inbound. We Think Collective is also supported by May May Jewelry in Atwater Village. For 15% off your order, enter promo code WTC podcast at maymayjewelry.com. That's M A E M A E jewelry.com. Hello, and thank you for joining us on We Think Collective. I'm Heidi. And I am Rina May. And we're so excited to be joined this morning with our guest, Radha Agrawal. Did I say your name right, Radha? Perfectly perfect. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> we are so excited to have you here with us, Radha. Um, for those of you who don't know about Radha, you can find her on Instagram at love.radha, R-A-D-H-A. Uh, she just wrote this amazing book called Belong, and we're really excited to talk with her because, Radha, you have a passion for community. That's right. Uh, I think, you know, the root sort of the root of all of our happiness is in our sense of belonging. And yet we think of belonging as a nice to have, not a must have. And we think of belonging sometimes when we don't belong in a shameful way that we don't want to tell anybody that we don't have friends or that we have nobody to confide in. There's so many, so many moments in our lives where we feel that, oh no, oh crap, where are my friends at? I don't know where to, I don't know where they are. I haven't, I moved to a new city. I started a new job. I just, I got, just got divorced, I just re- got retired, I, I just moved to new, you know, there's so many moments in life where you're starting all over again and, and you just don't know where to start. And so to me, that's the root cause of our gun violence, it's the root cause of our, you know, just all of our, our, our terrorism, just anything that's dark in this world happens because we don't feel a sense of belonging and we chase other things to fill that up. Yeah, I love that you are helping to paint a different picture around what a human person's needs are. Um, Rena and I talk a lot about that. Yeah, can I just back up and tell you guys a story of when I met this badass freaking queen, okay? Because you may not remember it, Rada, but I definitely did, okay? So Rada spoke at the Heart um, series um, by, by Galen Megan in LA, and I had no idea who you were back then, but there was this woman wearing underwear with this sheer blouse with this amazing hat and she literally sauntered onto stage like there was air and wind just magically blowing through her dress (laughs) and I was like who is this goddess just walking on this stage and then she started talking about her amazing passion about from everything from things and all these cool things she has and I was like I just need to hug you literally after you didn't even need to talk your energy alone was everything for me in that room in that moment Uh So I just want to say thank you. And when Heidi and I were talking about our dream podcast guests, you were definitely on the top of the list because we pick guests like how I know you pick people in your life by how we feel about you. I don't care how many followers you have or whatever. You're just dope. And I just want you to know that my spirit sees you and knows how dope you are. And that's why I'm so excited that you are here today. That means the world to me. Thank you. (laughs) I love that. So many, so many sort of points of connection. And I met her at Awe or Awesome. I was an event at Wanderlust for women entrepreneurs. 
And I already was familiar with Think's underwear because... Um, we're kind of obsessed. Yeah, we're both obsessed with Think's. <laughs> Wearing them right now, P.S. So for those of you who don't know... Right on. It, yeah, Rada and her twin sister and their other business partner. I'm for, I forgot her name. I'm sorry. What, what was her name? Antonia. Antonia. Yeah, Antonia. We want to make sure to give Antonia shouts because she's part of, the, part of the magic. But um, you guys like revolutionized the conversation around periods. And we are... Are so here for that like demystifying things that need to be demystified and putting the mystique back in things that need to have mystique put back in them it's really fun when a product can unpack a conversation so for example you know, underwear can really unpack the taboo topic of menstruation which so many girls, when you think about it five years ago every, if you ever talk about your period everybody be like oh my god don't talk about my period and now literally i can't like none of my girlfriends can shut up about it and I hear girls talking about it. So it's just really fun to be able to just demystify things that have been taboo for so long for so many people. And the same way that now belonging, why this book to me is so important is that even bigger than, you know, even bigger than having your period because only one in two humans experience that, you know, sort of only one in two humans are women, but every single human experiences the importance or, or understands the importance of belonging and yet there's still such a taboo around saying I don't belong I feel left out or someone left me out you know so much of our lives revolve around around that of wanting to feel like we have friends and that we feel like we're being invited to things um and there's still so much shame around it when, when I don't get invited to things I still feel so much like why yeah. you know yeah, yeah. um I think the biggest thing to tackle now is our sense of belonging is, is actually is and or, and, the, and the biggest epidemic in the U.S. right now is isolation, is, is our loneliness epidemic. With social media on the rise of these slot machines in our pockets or cell phones, mm -hmm. and they're just taking us away from our connections, from our friends, yeah. um, and making us prioritize all the wrong things. And now that I have a little bun in the oven, I have a six and a half month old in my belly. What? Yes. So no need for Think's underwear for the next nine months, obviously. <laughs> um, but I really feel like, you know, all we can do for our children, our children, for each other, is is to connect the world more meaningfully, human to human. Where I can, you know, I call them FSFs in my book, Five mm -hmm. Sense Friends, where mm -hmm. you can, you know, really connect with each other with all five of our senses. Yeah. Like we're so focused on digital connections today that we miss the most important one: our sense of smell, our you know, our sense of touch, yeah. which are so 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 important. You know, totally. I love that. And yeah. it's funny because at the entrepreneurs event that I that I saw you speak, maybe you were in the beginning of doing your talks about community, but you did. It's funny because I didn't take a lot of photos or anything like that, but I took pictures of your PowerPoint slides yes. where you listed yes. out the crawl method. And I, I showed yeah. them to Rena. Mm -hmm. And I want to acknowledge that you were a part of an inspiration for us as we were creating We Think Collective and looking at, you know, what do women entrepreneurs need in the world? What's missing for us? You know, what's the reasons why we don't have funding or we're not in sea level? Is it maybe because we have different value system and we want a different kind of support system around us to help us build our businesses? And as reading this book and looking through your process on the going in part, because she splits her book up into two parts. I don't want to give it all away. You need to go buy it. But she breaks it up in at least two parts I know so far. It's not <laughs> boring, P.S. Not boring. It is fun and colorful with the drawings and you so can pretty. use your pens to it. So cool. I love it. Yeah. Um, but the going in part, there's so much intentionality into how to create community. And I was telling Rena 
I was proud of us because <laughs> we did a lot of that. We were very intentional. And a lot of your steps are just great exercise. I'm excited to go in and do them. But then going into that next step of, of, of setting up the container for your community, um, we I was trying my best to use crawl. And I'm so glad I have this now to go oh, back in yeah. deeper, girl, because we're ready for round two on, on formulating this community and creating the container. We've got more feedback from the community of what they want and need. And so I'm just super inspired and thank you. That, that's exactly what I wrote the book. I wanna just open source, give everything we ever learned at Daybreaker, everything I learned in my own personal life and what I did to go from feeling totally lost and alone, out of belonging, to having a thriving community that gave me, that gives me wings every single day and wanting to share all this key knowledge with as many people as I possibly can. And it was funny, like I get, you know, requests all the time from people asking to have coffees and I'd have these one hour coffees as often as I possibly could, but no one hour coffee was ever enough to share everything that I knew, you know? So after, after the elections, I actually got sort of a deep fire under my ass, um, under my um, to, um, to just share all of my knowledge because it's time to just start holding hands again because can't have what's happening politically happen again. No. So I have a question for you, right? About, cause, cause I look at you and I look at a woman who completely has built her life in her freedom lifestyle based on your beliefs and how you want to build your life and your world. And the biggest thing that we've always stood for and we think collective is building your own freedom lifestyles based on your new thriving indicators in life and not what society has meant. So was there a time for you and, and where when was that time where you didn't really know your sense of style or who you wanted to be? And how did you become Rada that we look at today and just like, yes, girl. So when I turned 30 years old, I realized that I'd spent my 20s in sports bars, uh, sort of hanging out with people who liked watching sports and drinking beer, all the things that I pretended I liked, but I knew in my heart that I just really didn't. <laughs> and I just, I just spent all my time wanting to be liked by others and, and caring so much about what the world around me wanted of me, not authentically radiating the version of who I really was. And so I was attracting all the wrong people. And so when you're attracting all the wrong people, you're not happy. And then you're like, wait, why are they talking sort of poorly about each other behind their backs. And there's all this sort of competition. It, it was really a weird, weird scene. And then when I turned 30, I just was like, wait, I don't want this life anymore. I don't want this type of friendship anymore. So I just wrote down, literally I woke up at 30 years old. I wrote down a three column list. Column was all the qualities I was looking for in a friend. And think about it. Like when you do something like this, you do it typically for a love interest. Like what kind of guy I want to date or whatever, what kind of woman I want to date. Um, and we do this for our professional careers, like what kind of job, what, what kind of life do I want to have? But when have we ever done this for our friendships? Like, I think we rarely, we think of friendships as kind of like, oh yeah, they're sort of nice to have, but they're, but they're the most important things in the world, um, as I realized too. So column one was all the qualities I was looking for in a friend. Um, column two was all the qualities I didn't want in a friend. So, you know, the types of friends in my 20s, like friends who talk poorly about each other, friends who shrugged their shoulders. You know, I wanted friends to talk about ideas and not each other. I wanted friends who worked out. I wanted friends who were adventurous. I wanted friends who said, who leaned in and said, F yes, you know? Um, and then column three was all the qualities that I needed to embody in order to attract the friends that I wanted. So I used to be less of a flake. I was a bit of a workaholic myself. I love my job. And so I tend to sort of, sort of say, oh, work comes first, friendships come second. So I would 
always cancel my friend making making you know sort of seeing that as a as an, a good excuse and then I started realizing okay I need to be less judgmental I need to be less you know just all these things that I need to work on myself which I think is the most important thing um, for us to think about to radiate the authentic version of ourselves and so that was um, the beginning of this journey and it took me essentially two to three years actually of really courageously putting myself out there because that's what it really takes is courage I mean it's you know, we forget, we forget that, I mean, I think today, especially we're so sensitive, like everything is so outraged. We're so outraged immediately. We go straight to, you know, they're a bad person when, anyway, when, when that's not the case. And so, um, it was just about courageously showing up. Um, if, if I didn't find somebody or someone that connected with me at an event or whatever it may be, I would go again and go again and go again. But it started with this internal journey of self-exploration. I love how you said that it took time because I think a lot of people when they, they, they make this change and like, yeah, so they're like, yeah, I'm going to do And it does. You're right. It takes time. It really does. And, and putting yourself out there. And yeah. sometimes it's not going to be comfortable to go show up to some, even if you're like, you're obviously a pretty extroverted person to some extent, but you know, I think everybody is shy in a brand new environment where you don't know anyone. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And actually in my book, I talk about labels. You know, I could be introverted sometimes. I could be extroverted sometimes. I'm all of these things, not just one, right? And I think so often we pigeonhole ourselves and saying, oh, I'm introverted or I'm extroverted or I get energy from being alone or I get energy from being with other people. But we get energy from all of these places. And it depends on the day, how much food we've eaten, how much, how much we've slept at night, how our stress levels are. It all depends moment to moment where we are that dictates what type of feeling we're in. So I just feel like let's break all those labels. When we label ourselves, we narrow our playing field for who we can connect with. And I think that's a mistake because I have so many friends who are call themselves introverted. And we've unpacked this many, many times only to realize, right, they call themselves introverted because they find themselves in environments so often where they are depleted energetically, where they, where they aren't finding environments that are giving them energy. So that's really why they're starting to call themselves a certain way because maybe they're getting more energy alone. They just haven't been going to the right places that align with their interests, their, their, you know, their values. And so that's sort of part of my going in is like, what are your values? What are you interested in? What are you good at? Let's really unpack all of this. When you go out, you're not going out to anywhere, just anything, throwing something on a wall and see what sticks, but you're really going to things that align with your values and your interests and your abilities so that you're, you're still sort of finding energy in those moments, right? And so, um, yeah, so I, I think that's really a, the, the big reframe of, of just calling ourselves names, telling ourselves, oh, this isn't for me, or I'm not a, a people person. When we are born from another human being, we are, it's in our DNA to belong. It's in our DNA to be social and to connect with people. Um, oh my God, so much. Okay. First of all, <laughs> first of all, I want you to know if you haven't checked out Kate Rayworth, I really want you to. Do you know who she is? No. Okay. I need you to check out Kate Rayworth. She's an economist. She drew a new picture of what the economy could be. And what you did in your book that I think is revolutionary is you drew a new picture of the hierarchy of social needs. And women yes. and feminine leaders are drawing new pictures all over the place. All it is is changing the way we look at things. And that can create so much transformation. And there's so much essence of the feminine 
in what you're teaching here that I just really want to just thank yes. you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing this and, and putting it out for real. Thank you. Well, one of the things I want to share is that so much of what we as women do is we lean into our masculine in this mm -hmm. masculine world. Mm -hmm. So for all of my twenties and, and I was just leaning into my masculine thinking that that's what investors wanted to see. Right. And, and that's it really is, all it was. they think it is what they want to see. Right. That, that's hundred percent is. And so I was just like, okay, being a woman means weak. Being a woman means, you know, sort of don't take me seriously, whatever. So I really was getting into my masculine. And then I went to this music festival in desert called Burning Man. I'm not even kidding. And then uh, I saw women sort of deeply in their feminine power, but still, but sort of both strong and sensitive all the same. Yeah. Time. Strong and, and soft. And I just was like, wow, this is beautiful. And this is so much more meaningful. And imagine you bring that to the real world, what that could look like. And so much of Burning Man's what I experienced there um, inspired Daybreaker and inspired bringing this idea of, of connection and community. Um, of course, ours is so sober, no alcohol, you know, served at our, any of our events. And they're in the morning at 6 a.m. Yeah. But it's, it's interesting how so much of, uh, as women, we, we lean so deeply into our masculine and so much of belonging. You know, women are gatherers naturally mm -hmm. and men have a feminine side too. Yeah. And if they leaned more deeply into, they would find so much more solace and happiness because loneliness is most often felt by men right. than more by women because men won't admit it. Yeah, yeah. I think there's there's so much synergy in what you're teaching and what you're doing. And, and Reno, I think, was just starting to scratch the surface around like even looking at Daybreaker and how you created that business. And as I'm reading the book and seeing the process, because you give your timeline, so I can kind of see the process that you might have been going through in your own development to you getting to that space where you could create and design a business with your partner that fully leans into who you are, what you're great at, what you love, what you want to do with this life that you've been given. And also, how can you bring the most value and contribute the most of what you kind of feel like you've been given, like this gift of a different way of, of looking at the importance of community? And to me, that's the essence of feminine leadership. That's how businesses, a different way that businesses could be designed. And I'm just curious, like coming off of all the success of things and all the other so much you know, press and spotlight and eyeballs on you and, and what your next moves were. Did you run up against resistance or what was it like to bring that business forth into the world? And, and how did people respond to that for you at first? It, well, first of all, for those who haven't heard of what Daybreaker is, you know, it's an, we're an early morning dance community. Uh, we meet in about 25 cities around the world. We're a community of almost half a million people now who wake up um, right before people, before you go to work and you do yoga for an hour. We do two hour of full on dance party and you go to work with a giant smile on your face. Um, if you haven't been, you guys, I'm totally sending you tickets. Come anytime. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it is the best wake-up call. It's the best way to, to sort of start your day. And it, what gave me the courage to start Daybreaker from the very beginning was community, was my personal community. And what I realized was, and this is why I wrote the book, is that when you have, when you actually have friends that give you wings that say you ask you know how i've been able to design the life of my dreams it's it's truly just that is surrounding yourself with with humans who totally believe in you who, who want the best for you who aren't sort of 
quietly sort of sad about your success. You know what I mean? Envious of success. Um, you, you know, it's, it's really surrounding yourself with friends who are like, oh my gosh, your success is my success. Your wins are my wins. And, and friends who will, who will come around you to say, hey, what's your new idea? What are you working on? How can I support it? How can I give you wings? How can I put air under the, your wings and help you fly? You know, and, and that's what happened to me. Like with Things and Daybreaker, like my two most successful projects, you know, both of them succeeded after, after I focused on, on meaningful community, on finding my tribe, on feeling happy and confident and courageous enough to really go after it. Because, and it's not like, it's not like I'm using my friends, you know, to give me, uh, it, it's, it's really just, they give me wings to, to sort of create and confidence to create and, and they show up for you. Like, you know, 180 friends show up to the very first daybreaker, you know, and had it not been for my personal community saying, okay, I'm going to wake up on a snowy, it was a first snowfall in December of 2013. Like, but these friends said, you know what? I committed to this person. She's a friend of mine. She's come, she's, she's thrown so many parties for our community at her home. I, I make it, my twin sister and I used to throw so many parties. We still do. Like we're like the grand supper station for all of our friend, friends. Um, and, and so they, sh they showed up for us and they all bought tickets. So they weren't, they weren't just like, give me a free ticket. Everybody bought tickets, $25 tickets. You know, so many of our friends are such sort of, they're always asking for freebies, but the real friends are the ones who are like, no, I'm supporting you. I'm showing up and supporting you. I'm going to buy your book. I'm going to buy your ticket. I'm going to, you know, my, I, I'm, I'm the first person to, to, to support my friends' Kickstarter campaigns or buy their books or like, buy, you know, be the first client or whatever. Because it's, what else are we going to do with our money? You know, let's support each other. Let's support our friends. Yeah, exactly. I love that so much. Yes. I love that so much. And I think the reason those people showed up for you is because, and you talk about this in your book, you showed up for them. You had been putting that time in and that, that intentional effort into showing up for them. Receiving, giving and receiving. And the thing is, it's like with Daybreaker, even today, there's some days I wake up and I'm like, why am I still doing this? It's so exhausting putting together, finding new venues, finding new DJs, finding performers, constantly like, dealing with so much sort of stuff, you know, constantly, why am I doing it? And then I show up to the events and then my community gives me strength. They remind me why, why I'm doing it. Yeah. Right. And then the days the communities are, are, are down and, and, and they're being beaten up by life. We show up for them and they're like, this thing this morning changed my life. Thank you so much. Oh my God. And now there's a new baby joining. Know, Are so. you going to bring the baby to Daybreaker? How's this? He's going to be like, is it a he or a she? Do we know? Are we going to be surprised? She, it's a she. she. Her name okay. is Soleil. What and is it? Soleil means Soleil. Soleil, which means sun in French. So cute. So she's of course going to be at Daybreaker. So your partner in life is your partner in your business as well. Ooh, this is a thing. We just thirteen years younger than me, by the way. Yes, girl. Yes. Love knows no age. It's you know, age is nothing but a number, and um, communities also. Like my community, we're anywhere from you know eight, twenty, twenty years old to you know sixty years old. We're across all ages. Yeah. You know the idea of millennials and Gen Z and Gen Y is such a thing of advertising, trying to separate us to market to us. Meaningfully, but we used to all sing around and dance around a fireplace 
together, you know, as a as an intergenerational community. So one thing I'm very focused on with Daybreaker, as well as multi-generational, intergenerational community, getting everybody to hang out again. When I turn 70, don't push me into old folks' home. I'm not going. Awesome. So, so can, can we talk about your relationship for a second? So I'm just curious for you, what would you say is the magic f- with you? Because you not only are partners together in life, but you're partners in business. And how do you manage that beautifully for yourself? Absolutely. I mean, I think there's well, two things. One, well, first of all, you met on the dance floor at Daybreaker. You started out as my apprentice for eight months. Um, and I don't know, but, and he just, you know, he just kept coming to me with little presents and little gifts and, you know, it's the thoughtful gestures that you wouldn't think he was 23 years old at the time, you know, you wouldn't think sort of people, just like young people would think to, to offer small, thoughtful gifts, you know, and, and, and all ages, like gifts are things that we think is materialistic, but if they're thoughtful, it creates such a deeper, meaningful bond. When I was writing my book, you know, I had a couple of girlfriends send me handwritten letters, sending me encouraging words, you know, sort of saying, hey, congratulations on your book. You know, I just wanted to send you a little handwritten note to say, I love and winning for you. You know, and I just remember how meaningful, of course I get tons of text messages from friends, but it's the little thoughtful gestures that we remember, you know? And another friend who I just was, he became, he was a new friend. I knew him for only a couple of months and he sent me, he loved, he knew I loved, my partner, I loved hot sauce. He sent his hot sauce in the mail, you know, just like randomly. Like little gestures like that go such a long way. We've been friends ever since. Um, but Eli, my fiance, would just bring me little presents. Like he overheard that I love unicorns. <laughs> he overheard that I, I, um, I, I was missing like a wine opener or whatever at a party that I threw. So he found a unicorn shaped wine opener and brought it to my house. And it was just like so sweet, you know, so he kept bringing thoughtful things. And, and I just remember being like, wow, you know, he's so sweet. And then he just, I mean, apparently, um, you know, he loved me from the very beginning. <laughs> and I was like a right along child, like I'm not going there. But he proved to me that love isn't, doesn't know an age. Like you don't, the, the, your heart doesn't know an age. And he grew and grew on me. And, and then I realized one day I went to a love visioning class. Um, and in that love visioning class, um, I wrote down all the, what I was looking for. You know, they had to do those exercises and he kept coming up my mind. And that night after the visioning class, I went to this dinner and I just went up to him afterwards. I was like, hey, listen, I went to this love visioning class. I want you to know that you came up a lot. I was just super bold about it. Uh-huh. And then I just said, I, just, I was like, you're, you're 23. Like how, you know, how, how good could, could you be at like lovemaking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And are you open to learning? <laughs> said that he was like he was, couldn't believe it he was, was like well I was a sex counselor in college Ooh. <laughs> go Eli I'm the old first college conversations but okay it's cool <laughs> but, um, but anyways yeah the whole thing was beautiful and, and we just you know we, we, it was just like a very slow build to falling in love with each other and um and yeah, and, and then he grew, you know, into my, my partner in work. And it's just so amazing. We literally wake up together every morning. We have a morning routine we do together, um, which is like we, we, we do Japanese calisthenics every morning. And we do a two-song dance party in our living room. Um, and then he makes breakfast. And we take a shower together. We have two shower heads, like, so we can shower. And we go to work. We sit next to each other at the, at the office all day. And and somehow I miss him at the office because we're on different phone calls all day long, you know? And it's just, I've never been more compatible with somebody. And of course we fight and we argue. Like I just got a call with that. I was like, you know, 
we're cross I'm a hormonal pregnant lady right now. Uh, but, but it's, it's, um, it's amazing when you find somebody who loves all of you, all of you, the good, the bad, the ugly, um, the, the imaginative, the, the lethargic, all of you. And that is, it's, I could never ask for a better, a better, a better partner. Yeah. I hear her bold vulnerability Mm. that kicked it off. (laughs) I hear his masculine purposefulness and fierceness that he kept consistent with his goal when he knew. Um, I hear the full acceptance of one another, mm-hmm. you know, and the dancing. Dancing was a theme. We're just taking notes oh, here. Yeah. We're taking notes. Okay. Yeah. You guys, they have a two-song dance party every morning. I don't do hashtag relationship goals, but those are definitely part of my relationship goals, girl. Let me just tell you, I am like, I dance by myself to like 17 every morning, but two with someone would be great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we do that at the office too. We do laptop dance parties at the office all the time. Awesome. and our team at the office is just magical too. You have to come and visit us at Daybreaker HQ. Oh my God, so we would love that so much. And if you come to LA, you've got to come to our magic shop. It is yeah. like next, yeah, it Meme is like our next level magic shop. We own a magic shop in like um, Atwater Village. We should do something with Daybreaker. Oh my God, Maymay seriously, jewelry. people people totally. think it's a jewelry store, but like, no, it's a magic shop. You come in and we transmute your feelings into gold and you wear it as an emblem of your awesomeness every day. <laughs> it's true. Whoa. Alchemy. Super into that. Super into that. Yes. I love it. Yes. Come see us when yeah. you're in town. I know you have a very busy schedule with um, Belong and your book tour right now. Huge congratulations on all of your success with that. So deserved. I hope everyone reads this book. We really need it. Um, Like I said, you painted a new picture of the human needs, and that's a really big deal. And I hope lots of people get to see this picture. So thank you. Can I ask you one question? So. We want to know what you're obsessed with right now. It could be anything, but what's one thing you're super obsessed about? So, I mean, it's, well, first of all, it's getting every single person on this planet to find a friend and find one or two friends that give them that sense of home, that exhale of, ah, I'm home. She wants and people to like find her panda. Yes. And the other piece is, is, um, is that I'm actually working on this new project that I'm super excited about. It's called Live It Up. And it's like modern, a modern life school that, that's texted to your phone every day. Like, how do we teach people on the go how, how to live their best life? And I've been really sort of thinking about this for many, many months now. And a friend of mine and I started putting this concept together. And we have you know, so many of the top sort of leaders in their field teaching specific modules around topics that we never learned in the classroom. You have like, when, when I think of your ideas, you are like on the cutting edge of innovation. That's innovation that captivates to the heart, right? Because then a, a bigger purpose comes out of it. Where do you get your thoughts and your ideals and your courage to say, fuck this, this shit hasn't been done yet, but I'm going to do it. Duh. People definitely don't need to wear maxi pads or tampons anymore. You know, it gets easier every time. You know, I think um, here's a wild stat for you. So um, 90% of first-time entrepreneurs fail their first time around, but 90% of second-time entrepreneurs succeed, but only 10% 
try again. Mm. Right? Boom, so bam. of the 90% that fail, only 10% try again. But of the 10% that try again, have the courage to try again, 90% of those people succeed. And that's a huge lesson for everyone listening because people get so knocked down they, the first failure that they don't. So it just gets easier and easier. And then ideas flow because all of a sudden you start seeing the world differently. As soon as I realized, wait a minute, you know, the, like Steve Jobs beautifully said, you know, the rules were made by people no smarter than you or me, right? Rules made by people no smarter than you or me. And so once you know that we can do whatever we want, you know, other than paying our taxes, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, right. right? We we can create our own path, our own, own life. And so in my sister and I always say, like, the first question we ask is, is what sucks in my world, right? So like, does it suck for me? Does it suck for a lot of people? Um, and can I stay excited about this issue, cause, or community for a very long time? And those questions are the questions, the principles through which my sister and I live our lives. And, and I think that's really why we started Live It Up, why I started, I started Daybreaker, why I started Things, why I started all of our projects. Like, I couldn't, I, menstruating sucked every month. Dancing at night with mean, awful bouncers and everyone on their phones and dr- drunk out of their mind sucked. So I, I think everything is really around how can we just keep improving and bringing a feminine, to your point, a feminine perspective to each of these very masculine, often masculine conversations. Because you know, the club life is mostly dominated by men. Maxi pads, tampons, all these things were invented by men. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. You know, which is wild. And, and online courses, I mean, just in general, technology is a man's world. And, mm-hmm. so, um, and so, you know, we're really trying to bring a more empathetic, loving sort of high vibration um, element to all of these. So worlds. much. Yes. I can't wait to hear about Live, live It Up more. Um, we're definitely in for the next daybreaker in LA. We'll look it up. We're going to come yeah. and we're going to buy yes. a ticket. Okay? We'll buy it. Yep. We, we want to buy a ticket. A supporter for you. Obviously <laughs> we're in for that. Yeah, what does that mean? Okay, well, I mean, that'd be great. But <laughs> we're we're going to do it. <laughs> you guys are awesome. We're so excited. Um, You're awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Really. We really appreciate your time and your, your energy. It's I do have one more question. I just okay, do. I'm go, so sorry. Go. I, brought, I, 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 I have stop. you here. I, I, so I notice you wear a hat, okay? Yes. And you've worn a hat every single time I've seen you. Um, and I have recently just started wearing a turban. I, I, can't, yes. leave, I can't leave my house without a turban. It, it's just something that is just... And sometimes I don't even know why, but I know why, if that makes sense. So yep. can I ask you, is that a hat? You guys, she wears this dope ass looking like cowgirl meets like Australian outback explorer. Yeah, like not basic hat, P.S. Not basic. Um, so yeah, can you can you explain your hatness to me? Totally. So two things. One is um, an energy healer once said to me that I that all of my strength and creativity comes from my from my like 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 it comes from my like obviously from my head but it releases from my head so she said to cover my head as much as possible um that it will retain my creative sort of essence and strength and and um so that i thought was really interesting you know as sort of like huh okay cool um and so i love the idea of like holding my creativity inside of this hat you know um, and then the other piece of it is that I started going gray at age 22 and dyeing your hair every so expensive three and time consuming and annoying. So annoying. And so I just was like, I mean, like, if you want to see, like, I'll show you, like, see my hair is gray. Yes. It's just, it's That's just next like, move. she's going to go all, all white. I think yeah. of going all white all the time still right now. I'm like, but she's got a man who's 13 years younger. 
So I think my man is 27. I can't do that to him just yet. yet. Well, girl, I don't even have a man, so I don't even know what's worse. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but it's a between the gray. It's so easy. I'm such a low maintenance. I don't do my hair. I I, I didn't brush. My, I haven't brushed my hair in days. Like I just throw a hat on. It dresses everything up. It looks chic. It's easy, and it and it kind of kind of protects my creativity and my chi, my creative chi. You are my <laughs> spirit hat animal, P.S. So I am obsessed with your turban, too, by the way. Don't quit that. It's oh, gorgeous. Oh, it's a Marvel turban, too. There's Hulk and, and Iron Man. No, stop. I mean, Wait, no, that is Hulk. so fresh. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. I love it. <laughs> I think turbans are so gorgeous, too. I want to start wearing turbans. When I have a baby, I'm going to start wearing turbans, Yeah, too, I can see that for you. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. Um... But yeah, keep that creative chi in that turban. Too. I do. I'm the modern day moo moo. Like I'm like Mrs. Roper from Three's Company. I wear moo moos <laughs> and turbans all the time. And people are like, why? I was like, because my belly inflates with your energy. So I can't wear anything tight because then you're just going to see a balloon constantly going up and down. Just going to be like, what's animals inside of her? That's hilarious. I'm moo moos and hats myself all the time, all day. Boom. It's the new sexy, it's the well, new look. Thank you. I needed to ask you that because I knew that it was something special for you too. But I just wanted to tell all the audience out there, if you guys find yourself wearing hats or turbans or something over your head, there's probably a really big energetic reason also. So yeah. Totally. And the other thing also is like, you'll notice like we're the only ones ever wearing hats. Like it's, it is, it is sort of like a cool kind of um, fashion differentiator. You know, most people don't wear hats and so it's I'm usually one of like three people in the entire audience wearing a hat mm -hmm. which is kind of unmemorable and and you know I, I I like that too I like the idea of having sort of a self-expressed signature you know I think we're all I'm not a fashionista by any means but I do certainly love the idea of self-expression totally totally well I love your style I love you I thank you so much you are definitely one of the people that I think of when I do, I, I get, I need motivation too sometimes. I'm like, okay, we have these ideas and I want to do something really crazy. Like I have a marble that has sat on my hand for a year and a half, okay? And it's this product that I think about and, and I don't really know why I haven't released it yet. But then I think about you and I think, you know, and I think about you and I think about just your like gung-ho-ness of like, dude, that didn't exist, but it kind of changed people's lives because now they can party at six in the morning, right? Well, and, I'll be a customer. So you tell me when, when I can get it. You got it, girl. I love it. Love the energy. Thank you uh, so much, Rada. Well, we'll let you do get it. going. Let me make sure, yeah. Rena. Do you have any other questions? Who girl? I might email you. All right. <laughs> I love it. Anytime. I love it. I love it. Kindred spirit. You're so awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Rada. And uh, we'll see you at Daybreaker soon. Yeah. Yes. I Bye. <laughs> Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.